We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. (laughs) Our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. (laughs) Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host. Today I am joined by Todd Palmer. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks for having me. Let me just start off by saying I love the title of the podcast. (laughs) You can't go wrong with From Poop to Gold, right? Well, you know what? I I have clients I tell you, you can't can't polish a turd, so I get it. (laughs) Well, guys, I'm really excited to have Todd on the show today. So Todd is the CEO of a six-time Inc. 5000 company. He is a business coach, a a keynote speaker, and an author. He's the founder and president of a company called Extraordinary Advisors, and he's got a lot to share with us today, so I'm excited. So, Todd, kick us off here. Give us us the elevator version of um, of, of your company, Extraordinary Advisors. Tell us what it is, what it does, and then we'll shift gears and talk about you. Sure. So what Extraordinary Advisors does is we work with entrepreneurs and leadership teams around one key element, and that's people. Because people make all the decisions about cash, strategy, execution, and scaling up and growing a business. And specifically, the work we do is working with the leader and the leadership teams from the inside out. We help leaders get out of their own way. We help them get unstuck around making tough decisions. I just had a client this morning who had to to fire his brother-in-law. And he's known for five years he's had to fire his brother-in-law. Finally, we're breaking him free to free up that position to grow his business. So if for us, it's, it's always, it always comes down to the people because they make all the decisions. Oh, man. I, uh, I feel for that person. That would be an extremely tough case to, uh, to go through. I've had to do a couple of firings in my career, and it is never fun. It's a terrible experience. So I'm glad there are people like you who can help us through those, those type of things. Well, it's, it's really the number one problem in business is around people. You know, it's either... You know, when I had the recruiting company, we were coming to companies where they'd say, the number one problem I have is I can't grow and scale my business because I don't have enough people. Mm-hmm. Then it's, I don't have enough of the right people. Well, now we're recognizing that, yeah, those are true factual things, but ultimately it's the people who make those decisions. And then, and then how do we apply things that deal with challenging thoughts around imposter syndrome, that I'm not enough as the leader, mm-hmm. or issues around not wanting to be transparent and vulnerable. I'd rather just hide behind the curtain. Um, you know, do I really want to go for the gold and go for what I want as the leader and as the entrepreneur? And those are, are often conversations that are held behind closed doors. We're taking them out from behind the curtain now and having them with the leader, the leadership teams. And we've seen some phenomenal success. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, you know, speaking from my own experience as a first time CEO, many of the things that I face, I'm not sure who I'm supposed to turn to for help, right? It, it's not like I have somebody who is, uh, you know, right above me who can give me guidance in this. Uh, and so it's so important for us to surround ourselves with mentors like yourself and people who have been there, done that, and they can help us out. Well, it's, it's so important that you recognize that because a lot of entrepreneurs will isolate. As an entrepreneur, I used to isolate. And that an entrepreneur alone is really an entrepreneur at risk. And I, I tell my clients this story all the time. Like when I isolated myself, when I was paralyzed by fear and self-doubt and my imposter syndrome was give, driving the direction of my business, I got $600,000 in debt. 
I got 60 days away from running out of all of my cash, including losing the house that my son and I were living in. I was a single parent at the time. Combine that with dysfunctional toxic culture because I wouldn't lean into the uncomfortable conversation. So I let the Uncle Bob's stick around forever. Um, I, I nearly crashed the business. So I walked in, hired a coach. He encouraged me to get financial literacy, first thing. Second thing is leaning into the uncomfortable conversations. Fired everybody in one day, started over, and we made the ink. Hold up, Todd. Hold up. We got to we gotta dig into this a little bit. This is poop to gold here, and so we're going to lean into the poop here for a second. I think I just laid all the poop right out there for you. <laughs> okay, well, let, let's, let's dig into that just a little bit. So $600,000 in debt, 60 days away from, did you say 60 days away from bankruptcy? Basically running out of all of my money, and the bank was in a position to take my house to, that I had secured against that line of credit. What does that feel like? What, what, what's going through your head? What's going through your heart? Um, it, it's one of those situations, and that's why I coach now, because it was so paralyzing and so painful that I never want anybody to suffer like I suffered. Um, I, I couldn't get out of bed. The depression was real. I, my internal self-talk, the doom loop tape I played in my head was all about how much, how, what a terrible leader I was, what an awful CEO I was, how it's all my fault, and how this, this situation was, was completely insurmountable. So I had to, and, and I just collapsed within. That's why, for me, the key to success was hiring that coach to help me get unstuck from the mental gymnastics I was putting myself through. What, what was that like for your family? Oh, it was awful. It, 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 was, it was just terrible. The, my, you know, my, my son was scared. He, he my, I was, as a parent, I was either checked out. I mean, I was physically in the room, but mentally working on the business or I'd be working late. Um, he didn't have a quality of life. My partner at the time, she was, you know, freaking out and scared that we were going to lose our house. We we're going to lose everything. Um, and you know, it, what created, it created what they call artificial harmony. So I knew I was in chaos and crisis. They knew I was in chaos and crisis. But we don't really want to talk about that because that's just too uncomfortable. So I'm well, going to put my pretend like it's okay. Yeah. So so it's kind of like when you go to those those parties, right? Like, hey, how you doing? Oh, everything's awesome. Everything's wonderful. I'm super busy, and you just move on because you just assume like, wow, Todd's life is great. He's super busy. Yeah, Todd's just blowing you off rather than saying, you know, life is pretty miserable right now. I'm I'm not doing a good job as a leader. I've created a lot of problems, and I need to get myself into a better spot, get my business into a better place. Quit hiring just people with experience, for example. And we came up with a way to hire people for DNA, not resume. And those pivots away from the bad decisions we were making to making healthier decisions. Okay, so as you kind of transition from this, this poop moment in your life, do you feel like there was kind of this one defining turning point moment that, that you know, turned it into gold? Or was it more like a very gradual process you know, I, I'd love to tell you it's like a movie where there's this one epiphany moment and the skies opened up, the sun shone down on me, and, and I had a, a great uh, path going forward. But that would be disingenuous. The reality is it was a lot of small pivots. Um, the hero's journey of entrepreneurship is, is a road littered with potholes and, and left and right turns. It's a jagged, crooked line to being a success. So for me, it was, you know, trying a bunch of different things, realizing that failure was a construct in my mindset, that really everything I tried that didn't work propelled me just another step towards something that would work. We, you know, we were a big box staffing company. We did a lot of bodies. 
uh, two, 300 people a day. We pivoted away from that and became very, very niched. We went from, you know, essentially the Walmart mindset of, you know, every aisle is stocked full to we're going to do one thing really well, better than everybody else. And that turned out to be skilled trades talent. How did we find out it was going to be skilled trades talent in Detroit, Michigan for machinists and welders? We took this novel approach and we actually asked our customers, what do you need? What do you want? <laughs> and it was all during the recession. So, you know, you've got plenty of bodies and no, no jobs. And we would get plant managers on the phone. And we used to have like these failure contests, like how many, how many plant managers can you talk to today? And can we find out what, if they could hire, would they hire? Not what do you need now? That's the, that's, I need nothing and they hang up. So I'd say, you know, what do you need right now? Well, I really don't need anybody. Well, if you're going to hire somebody, what's the one position that you would, you can't wait to hire for, for example, I need, and I, we kept hearing the same things over and over again. So you start making these two or three buckets. And then what we did, because the economy was bad, we started finding guys with resumes who fit those buckets and then reverse engineering them back into the marketplace like a sports agent. You know, Tom Brady just signed a new contract. You know, well, he's going to go to a team that needs a quarterback. He's not going to go to a team that already has a quarterback. So if I rep Tom and I can get him five offers from five different teams and we play one offer against the other, we're going to get the best deal. So we found that as we came out of the, the recession, we were getting these guys their new jobs at a better wage than when they lost because there was pockets in manufacturing like aerospace, like medical device, not necessarily automotive, that we're still hiring. We went after those, we became very niche focused and that was a key as well as figuring out how to get out of debt. $600,000 in debt, that's a lot of money. Well, I can continue to go through the terrible payment terms and let my clients control that or I can say that doesn't work for us as a company when do you pay your people? Well, they, it's either one of two answers. I pay weekly or I pay biweekly. Great. We need to be in that same check run. Okay. So we took control of that. So, you know, slowly but surely, all these little things helped us get out of debt, get the, the company going, get the revenue going, get it turned around. And that's, that's part of the journey of the story of how we got in the Inc. 5,000 six times. That's fantastic. So it sounds like to kind of summarize that, one, you got focused quit oh, trying to do everything, sure. honed in. Two, you listen to the market, said, hey, what is the market actually demanding? Let's be where the market wants us. And then three, you aligned yourself better with, with your clientele in terms of how they pay you so that you can pay your creditors. Right. And, and, and because and the other part of it is we found the tipping point because there was an increased demand and a diminished supply within the marketplace. We could actually charge more for what we did got, got, and get paid faster so the margins increase, which allows us then to pay off the debt faster. So it, it is all these little things along the way, a lot of dials on the plane, but it goes back to my original premise that it's always people. I was the person in charge. The more I was not operating in a mindset of scarcity and fear and fight and flight, the more I thought of with an abundance growth mindset, then I was comfortable having those difficult conversations with customers saying, hey, listen, I know you typically pay your vendors in 30 days and you get paid every two weeks. Because the payroll that you're, you're treating me like your bank. I'm not in the banking space. I'm in the human capital space. We need to behave accordingly, which is very, at the t very much at the time, you know, contrarian to how the big box retailers like a, you know, manpower or a Kelly services were behaving. Awesome. Okay. So speaking to our listeners, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs. We've got a lot of marketers in our audience. Now, for many of them, they're kind of at that point in, in their career where they're saying, how do I build a team around me? How do I get the right people? How do I make sure they're the right people? How do I motivate the right people? 
What, uh, what few tips would you have for those people who are getting started out in that team building phase? So a couple things. First of all, it's been my experience that you can create an atmosphere for success, but motivation by and large is an internal thing from in that employee. If you create the right space for them to be successful, they will be successful. Uh, I'm a big believer in categories where you don't need massively hard skill sets that you can hire for DNA and not for resume. What that for us meant was, what was my culture? Who did I wanna to come to work with every day? I'm seeing people at work more than I'm seeing the people who lived in my house. I wanna be around people who are, for me, I needed people who were autonomous, who were self-motivated, who didn't necessarily need to be money-driven, but were success-focused, and there's a difference between the two. All those different things were really what are our core values as an organization, we hired those core values. So let's, take, let's re reverse that a little bit. Say you're, you're in the marketing space, or say you're an accounting firm and you have to hire uh, an accountant. You can still hire an accountant and design questions around your core values so you can get somebody with the educational, the work history, but you can get someone who's going to fit the culture and the DNA of your organization. There's a big movement right now uh, from, from a Google around the category of workplace uh, psychological safety. So in there, they, they design these teams where you're not having to deal with the fear of, of intimidation or the fear of your idea being shot down. In the workplace safety model, Google argues, is the number one differentiator for what they're doing and why they're getting more and more capturing of market share, things such as that. So there's a lot of different ways if you're going to grow your business, unless you really just want to hire a coder who's going to do more coding for you and they're going to have their headset on and you don't have to talk to them all day and that fits your culture, that's great. But if you have to work in small teams and you have to hire millennials, Millennials want a couple of things. They want work. They want freedom and flexibility. They want to have a voice at the table for key decisions, recognizing that they don't have final say. And, and they want to be part of a team. Recognize that was what they need. Work towards that. Be able to sell them on your culture, sell them on your core values as the entrepreneur. By and large, you're going to get people you want. And people who don't fit your needs won't stay very long. And there's a lot to be said for addition by subtraction when you lose a poor teammate. Yeah, it's, I've always said that you can train skills, but you can't train attitude. Absolutely. It's very and, similar. Yeah, if, if, if somebody comes in the door with an attitude problem, it's, it's next to impossible to you know, train them out of that bad attitude. And, and so when I go into the hiring process, one of the things I'm always looking for is does this person have an attitude of self-starting of hard work of you know all of these things that that we know are very important to thrive in our culture and we look for those and then the other stuff we know that we can train the skills right, right. and you can design questions to figure that out you know a great question i find is really helpful if you want to have an entrepreneurial environment is you know ask somebody simple things like well how, how did you pay for your schooling and if someone says well i got help from my parents i took a loan from my grandmother and i worked you know two part-time, you know, barback jobs. Hmm. Then you got someone who maybe versus, yeah, you know what? I was, I'm a trust fund kid and I just got into this because I thought it'd be kind of fun. And, you know, but I, I want to come in at nine and leave at three. Probably not the person you want. Yeah. Yep. Um, another, uh, another thing that I really look into in the hiring process is I always talk a lot in interviews about our why. Um, you know, Simon Sinek wrote the book Start With Why and, and, and talks so much about how important it is for us organizationally to know our why. 
but I always ask candidates to talk about their why. Many aren't prepared to, uh, right. to talk about their why, and so if they, you know, if they merit a follow-up interview, I'll always ask them to come back prepared to talk about their personal why, because I want to look for alignment between our organizational why and their personal why. I, I think that's brilliant. I, I was really fortunate about a dozen years ago, I actually worked with Simon Sinek. And he, for, I spent a decent amount of money with him over two years to figure out two words, which is my personal why, which then became the why of all my companies. And uh -huh. it's, um, we, I do everything I do to improve lives. And so whether it's going to speak on stage in front of 10,000 people, or it's to go volunteer my time to speak to a small group at the Boys and Girls Club. I want to improve their lives. I, I just, before this call, I had a call with somebody. And by the end of it, you know, with the times being the way they are right now in uh, 2020, um, her, her, she was in tears how, how I was able to help her get unstuck around some issues, break through on some things to keep her business going for free. I was just like, hey, let me help you out. Um, and I left that conversation feeling so energized to come onto your podcast because I felt that a couple of things we discussed, her life had become improved, even 2%. But that's, you know, if you imagine if you, if you change, if you improve your life 1% all, every week you're in 50, in 52 weeks, you're half a, half a new person. Yep. So, um, yeah, living your why it's so fulfilling and so energizing. I love it. It's it's fun to uh, it's fun to get a talk with people who understand their why and and they're doing everything to live it. Um, our listeners hear me talk about our why all the time. It's share better stories, and there, yeah. there's lots of layers and and deep meaning involved in that. But one of the the layers of meaning is we want to share stories that make the world a better place. Oh, and and storytelling is such a powerful tool. And it really is the new way to sell something and the new way to pre present something is mm -hmm. through the power of stories. And, you know, it's challenging sometimes too, because when I tell the story about the debt and firing everybody and, and the transformation I went through, that was literally the, I'm working on my second book. That is literally the start of my book because it's the worst day of my life mm -hmm. by far. But that mess has become my message too. So yep. the more I tell the story, the more people resonate and hear with it. And I love it. Like, Someone came up to me, hey, I really want, you know, I want to work with you as, as my coach because I'm only $100,000 in debt. You are six times worse than me. <laughs> so if you can help me. And I just, I, he made me laugh. And he's like, dude, you're so honest. You were so authentic up there. And like, there was no, um, there's no pretense about, you know, this is going to be an easy road. But you walked that path and you were yeah. honest enough about not the greatest stuff you've, you know, supposedly done, but. Some of the not so smart decisions I made and choices I, I got us into those problems, and that's the power of storytelling. That's amazing. Now, where can our listeners keep in touch with you? How should they follow you? You know, the, I'm I'm on Instagram. You can follow me there. I, I'm on Facebook. What, what's your uh, Instagram uh, handle? Uh, I believe it's to, at Todd Palmer or at Todd Palmer too. I'm pretty. So the, the easiest thing for me is I was so blessed a couple of years ago, I, get, I gave a speech in South Africa and I got to walk with cheetahs. So that's kind of my, my emblem behind all my, a lot of my imaging is that. So I'm pretty easy to find. So you see this guy named Todd with a cheetah, that's, that's going to be me. There you go. At um, Todd Palmer with a cheetah. Yes. Um, but you know, what, what I would like to say is anybody who's heard me on your show today, just send me an email, Todd at, Todd at extraordinaryadvisors.com. And let's have a call. Not to, to sell you anything, but more for me to live my life and improve lives and live my why. 
because you know, especially during tough times, you know, the week we're recording this, um, the, the, basically the state of Michigan is shut down due to the coronavirus. And I put a message on social media, and I've done 22 calls already with entrepreneurs who are heightened and at risk for free, just talking them off the ledge and telling them some stories, helping them clear their mindset. So anybody who says that they've heard me on your show, whether it's you know in 2020 or maybe in 2025, re- email me. Say you heard me on the the Poop Show. And I'm happy to give you 30 minutes of my time to, to talk about whatever you want to talk about, whether it's growing and scaling your business, category of people, imposter syndrome. Heck, if you want to talk about baseball, well, let's do that. Well, that, that's fantastic. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. Well, um, Todd, what, uh, what final pieces of advice would you have for, uh, you know, we just talked about it's, it's a corona craziness right now. Um, how do you keep your chin up? How do you uh, how do you stay focused? How do you stay optimistic? What pieces of advice do you have? Well, I think around the, the category is certainly being optimistic. We can't ignore our, our current brutal reality. Jim Collins talks about the Stockdale paradox in his landmark book, Good to Great. We have a brutal reality we have to deal with. There are entrepreneurs who are going to be cash strapped. There are employees who are going to get laid off in this this time. Those are our realities. So let's deal with that. And the sooner we deal with that, the sooner we get through that uncomfortable moment, now we can free up our creativity around something else. So if you have to call a landlord and ask for rate abatement, call them. If you have to lay off some employees so that you can bring them back when the economy turns around, do that. It's dealing with those pieces. And then look for the opportunity within the tragedy because there's always opportunity in tragedy. So do you go to a platform like – so I was supposed to speak on, at six different conferences in the next five weeks. I can't do those. So what I've offered to the, all those event planners is let's do some Zoom calls. Let's do some Zoom webinars for your audiences. So when they get to see me at next year's conference, they're already familiar with my content. They're familiar with what I can deliver to them. By then, my book will be out. So let's create win-win scenarios. Let's offer something to people. Um, worst case scenario, double down on your family. Spend time with, with your family. Enjoy them, especially for people with young kids. You may think they're going to be around forever. They're not. And ultimately, let's... Look at the long tail of this. Where's your cash position? Know how much money you've got in the bank. I, I've had more calls around the topic of cash and around employees than I've ever had in my entire life in the last three days as this has hit. Focus on those things. Where, where can you, and then where can you find that opportunity? And believe it or not, as somebody's lived through a recession and, and nearly crashing their business into the rocks, you will fight to survive another day. Mm-hmm. Todd, thank you for sharing. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, and thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. For all of our listeners, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome, and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, 
and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and people tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge, and and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had. Um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hpros.co slash script.